Hello everyone, welcome to Launchpad Podcast. So today, it's been some time since we do this podcast. Uh, today, we are going to have something new, kind of like a talk show. Uh, with me are two co-hosts. We have Weilin, we also have Cheng. Hello. 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 Okay, sound check, very nice. Uh, maybe do a short introduction. Uh, Weilin, can we have you introduce yourself first? Alright. Uh, thanks Brian for having me on Launchpad. My name is Weilin. Hi audience, uh, I'll be new to you. Um, I am a digital marketer. I've been working in SEO uh, for over five years, maybe six, seven years even, I think. Uh, I was the uh, country manager for 9flats.com, which was a Airbnb competitor back in 2011, 2012. Company's still around today, uh, but very small, and I've moved on. Um, I have also written extensively uh, on SEO online. Uh, if you Google my name and SEO, you probably find a lot of articles. So that's my specialty. Um, today I do consulting work, uh, as well as a couple of entrepreneurial side projects. Um, however, well, today we're going to try something totally different. I mean, new for me, as we're going to be talking uh, on podcasts as opposed to SEO. And I hope to learn a lot from Brian and have a good time with my two friends here today. That's it for me. Cheng, how about hey. you? Hey, hi guys. Uh, I'm Cheng. Uh, I run a software development house called Azure Lab. Uh, what we do is we are specialists in developing customized web and mobile applications for startups. And of course, uh, we customized solutions for organizations. Uh, we have offices based in uh, Singapore and Vietnam. And yeah, there's so much for me. I think, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, so my turn. Uh, so, Brian here. So, always been doing the Launchpad podcast. Uh, used to do it with Chris. Now, I am a country product manager with a decently large e-commerce in the local scene. Oh, really? Uh, Southeast Asia. Decently, oh. decently. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. oh. Decently large. Okay. okay. Um, so... Yes, so we are starting this new format, kind of like a talk show. So, uh, Willin or Cheng, uh, yeah. what is the thing that we want to talk about today? Ah, uh, like I volunteer. Uh, mm. I, prepared, I prepared a topic that mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. very interested in nowadays. I think uh, has gone unnoticed by a lot of entrepreneurs uh, mm-hmm. since the... Everyone's attention seems to be on cryptocurrencies and, you know, AI and machine learning. It's, well, to me, at least, it seems to have gone a little bit under the radar. And that is gaming. Mm. Gaming is big business. I think we all know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, you, if you take a moment, right, and Google Electronic Arts, mm-hmm. the company that makes all these uh, FIFA and, you know, other... Uh, and uh, NBA uh, video games, these sports games, they are huge. Their stock price has gone up on a very steep curve, almost like a startup since like 2010 or something. And I think it's, it's, it's totally gone under the radar. And in fact, in Singapore, we have uh, some of the best like, uh, FIFA players in the world. And I want to share a few statistics just to uh, give everyone a sense about what we have really you know, what's really happening around us uh, that maybe we haven't been paying as much attention to as we should have. So the biggest uh, game streaming website, you know, where people can go and 
stream their games to a live audience on the internet called Twitch. And Twitch today is a part of Amazon. Amazon bought them in 2014 for one, close to a billion US dollars. Mm. And to, yeah, and that was 2014, like way, way back. It feels like an eight, you know, ages ago. But since then, since then, what has happened with Twitch? Well, I can tell you a little bit. Um, they have, let's see. Wait, so I, I got a question. Because yes. I, I myself is not a gamer. So when it comes to gaming, right, uh, so the only, the only brand or the only uh, tech company which is doing Singapore very proud that I know is like Razer. And uh, in terms of games, uh, when I hear friends say it's like uh, a League of Legends or Dota. Uh, so when you, when, when you say that uh, the games are ex- exploding, like um, the electronic art is exploding, right? is there a specific gaming area? Is it like the, 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 the esports or is it uh, uh, RPG games? Uh, what is the area that, that, that we are... So I'm, I mean yeah. to say... Sorry, I, sorry to jump in so quickly. I'm so uh, excited about this that I jumped No problem, in. no problem. Because I'm also not very good in the gaming area, so I thought I asked first. No problem. That's what I'm here for. So, overall, uh, both in terms of like um, the sales of games, which are like a billion, it's billion dollar industry now. Games make like as much money as the movie industry. And we all can agree that the movie industry is huge. Huge, huge, huge. Um, and gaming is as big, like the launch of a major game, I think there was this game called Battlefield 4, I think it made like a, oh, it made close to a billion dollars, that's mm-hmm. like, and there was a time when the first movie to come close, I think was maybe a Titanic or something, and that was considered unbelievable, like phenomenal, and after that I think movies like Avatar and you know, like uh, Avengers, they very quickly hit that mark, and then we, we're no longer, no longer impressed by that. But nobody really notices that these, uh, we call them triple A titles for games, make so much money. And, okay, I found the stuff that I want to tell you. Um, okay, so on the Twitch advertising mm-hmm. page, right, they tell us things like, um, let's see, they have streamed 241 billion minutes. That's the equivalent of 459,000 years. Oh. Yeah. On average, they have half a million concurrent viewers at any given time. Any given time, half a million people are watching, watching videos on Twitch. And this Twitch is the one that I, sometimes I see my friends, they, they, they go online, they see others playing the game, correct? Correct. Exactly. Oh. And then, here's one last one, one last one. There's this game that's really, really popular right now. It's called Fortnite. Uh, mm-hmm. Fortnite is so popular that they are beating out... Uh, they're getting more viewers than primetime television. Okay, I'll give you the numbers. There's this thing called Friday Fortnite where just gamers, you know, try to out... They survive, have to survive on the battlefield uh, to win prize money. And the competition pulled in 8.8 million unique viewers. That doesn't sound like a lot. We're in a world where Facebook has, you know, like uh, hundreds of millions of uh, active users, or users, total users. But this 8.8 million unique viewers who actually watched it. 
And for comparison, there's this very popular TV show called The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, it brought in 7.9 million. Wow. Like, wow. Yeah. Then there was a... In America, you have this... Uh, the American Football League called the NFL. So mm-hmm. when they have their draft, where the new players are you know, picked up by the new top teams, that's a huge highlight of the season. It brought in 5.3 million. Again, mm-hmm. it's compared to 8.8. 8. Yeah. And the season premiere of this awesome TV show, I think a lot of people have heard of, called Westworld. Right. This awesome, you know, like, super great TV show only brought mm. in 2.1 million. Mm. So you can see that, like, uh, watching games, like, on Twitch, is just off the charts popular. It's, like, super, super popular. And really, we don't really, we don't, it's not really reported in our tech press. It's, like, something that's kind of a bit on the sidelines, I think. Yeah. You know, people will talk a little bit about VR, talk about the tech per se, but not about the adoption, not about the uh, the way that it's really blowing up. That's surprising to me. I think for yeah. Fortnite, I did read about it, uh, but it was, uh, it was more of the parents are hiring tutor to teach their children to compete oh, in Fortnite. Yeah, God. that's the article that I wrote. Yeah, I, re- I read I and, saw uh, that. Yeah, yeah. That's quite intense and hardcore eh, for that segment. Yeah, you know what's the saddest thing though? The parents oh. don't know that in another like one, two years time, nobody will be playing this game anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no way! Is it, is it true that games change very fast? But, but like, things like, like uh, when I hear my friends talk about League of Legends or Dota, or these, things, these games last for a long period of time. Oh yeah, totally. Um, I think the top games have a lot of staying power. Mm-hmm. So they will stay for many years. Mm-hmm. But not plenty of games never last that long. I mm. think. Yeah, I mm. think that's the, the thing that we kind of lose sight of. So in, every year there are new games released. Right? Mm-hmm. But then the successive year, nobody even talks about them anymore. Well, it's very common. And a lot of them are not even that competitive. Uh, uh, they may not be com- played as a competitive thing. Competitive game need like a big ecosystem, right. a lot of fans, you know, continuously playing and streaming on Twitch. I think the only game that I know that uh, lasts for, you know, a decade or more will be actually Counter-Strike. I think it's still very competitive today. Yeah, it's like, uh, so I want to refer you guys to this website. You'll, you'll love it. It's called esportsearnings.com. Mm. Okay. Esportsearnings.com. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if you go to the page esportsearning.com slash games, mm-hmm. you'll see the top games that award prize money. They'll rank it in terms of which game offers the most prize money. Mm. And I'll just mention, uh, read out the top five because uh, I think this will be interesting for our listeners to know. Number one, okay, we'll start with number five. Number five is this game by Blizzard called Heroes of the Storm. Wow, never heard before. Heroes of what? <laughs> Heroes of the Storm. Storm. Oh, yes, the Storm. I thought I was saying Storm. So what are you going to do? Storm. Storm. Oh, Heroes of the Storm. Sell stuff online. <laughs> it's the e-commerce game that nobody knows about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, basically, it's a Dota clone. Mm. What, oh. Uh, do- uh, yeah, because the original, the Dota <clears throat> game... Came from... Uh, came from Warcraft. Warcraft. Yes. But then it was, it was the rights were eventually bought by this company called Valve, right. uh, makers of Half Life, and mm. then Blizzard having 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 given up uh, Dota, 
they wanted to make their own game which in a similar style and they came up with something called Heroes of the Storm. And it's been a very successful game, even though I think for the most part in Singapore and Malaysia, nobody really plays this. <laughs> wow, this is the first time I've heard of it. Yeah, I know, right? So, what? Uh, nobody really plays it, but it is the number five. Uh, last, uh, in its lifetime, it has right. awarded 14.6 million uh, $14. million in prize money. Okay. So, that's not a that's that's not a tiny figure. That's quite a lot of money. Fourteen fourteen million dollars. For a number, game that is unheard of, that's <coughs> a lot. Eh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now I tell you number four. Number four is again Blizzard Starcraft two. Mm. And the price oh, money. Is, very old game, right? Starcraft two was first released in twenty ten. Oh. Okay. Okay. Yes. So so Starcraft, Starcraft was a, a very old game. Starcraft is twenty years old. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I played it when I was in secondary school. I think you're still playing it, right? I'm still playing it, yes. <laughs> wow. And you keep fan trying to get I'm fan, eh? You keep trying, <laughs> trying to get me to play with you. I'm number one, number one fan, man. Probably in Singapore, number one fan. <laughs> but anyway, hey, I don't... That's, that's, let me stay focused. I want to tell everybody. So this mm. one doubled the prize money. $28 million, $27.5 million awarded. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right, and then number three is this one that uh super popular in Singapore, I think, called League of Legends. Mm, this one common. Fifty-five this one. million, fifty-five oh. million in prize money awarded. Number two, Counter Strike. No, still wrong. Counter Strike, sixty million in prize money awarded. And then, one game, all around the world, most money awarded. Almost three times of Counter Strike. It's three Dota times. Two, oh, with oh. hundred sixty nine million in prize money awarded. Ever, hundred sixty nine million man, that's crazy. This around the world, huh? This around yeah, the world. around the world. How about Asia context? Uh, I don't know. I don't uh... know. But I know that Asia probably counts for a lot of it because. Dota 2 is also massively popular in China. Mm. In fact, China is the country that has won the most prize money for Dota 2. Shockingly, even more than the United States. Oh. China. They have lots of tournaments. They, the tournaments offer lots of prize money. And of course, you know, domest- it'll be domestic players who win. And so Chinese players have won a lot of money. I saw the, I saw the uh, a documentary on this one called Free to Play. But I never knew that the amount ballooned to so much already. Yeah. yeah. So I can tell you that to get a, a good coach for Dota 2, mm-hmm. a good coach is going to pay 150 US dollars an hour. Uh, what? 150 US dollars an hour to coach you to play Dota 2. How much does a lawyer cost per hour? <laughs> I have no idea. I think a lawyer costs about, what, three to 500 per hour? I guess it depends on the qual- quality right. of the lawyer as well. Right. Uh-huh. Wow. You, you cannot compare like that. You must compare how much does the developer cost. Yeah. Okay. To make iOS app, then VS the Most coaching. of them are cheaper than 150 an hour. <laughs> Depending <laughs> on quality also. But yes. So, so Shockingly. Wow, that's a lot. But how... Uh, there's an area of this, right? We concern uh, uh, e-sport betting. Any anyone has uh, knowledge on this? 
it's briefly hear about it, but uh, also so, saw in the tech news there was a start uh tech crunch reported there was a startup in this area. For betting on esports? Yeah. I don't know why you need a startup for that. Like <laughs> you probably can do in the Hey, I'm not surprised if like next year you can bet on esports results with Singapore Pool. Oh. I but, wouldn't be surprised. Okay. I think it'd be a long you... way to go, but then still uh I think betting is esports. So long as their viewership I think betting essentially comes in as a as a part of this ecosystem on the mm, background, whether yeah, you like I it or not. It's inevitable. Right. Yeah. You know what's gonna be really funny? Right. When you have like drug tests for esports. Wait, we, no, no, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> you stay awake, uh. you drink a lot of Red Bull to stay awake. Co- <laughs> too much Red Bull. Are, some competitions already have that. Huh? I, I heard there was Tell a player uh, uh I think I read an article, there was a player who got caught um consuming uh uh, enhancement drug which help him be more alert uh, I forgot can you give more details like what game what country when was this okay. wow. oh, never mind. later on when are you sure it's not soccer maybe it's soccer no no no, 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 no definitely not huh? or basketball basketball <laughs> maybe cycling <laughs> maybe cycling yeah is it Lance okay. Armstrong because it's, that one's old news bro okay <laughs> so, don't tell us about Lance Armstrong no 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 so Take a look at this. Uh, it's report is reported on the Verge, in two hundred one five. Yes. That there is a list of drugs banned. Uh, let me see. Let me do a quick search. Then there will be punishment for players who fail drug testing. Whoa. Serious. Can you tell us a bit more? Like, is this esports? Uh, this, this is esports. Uh, let's see. Tell us more. I mean, just read out some of the highlights. Yep, and I'm out. trying to find the... Oh, okay. oh, we can share the... uh, What do you call it? The link in the show notes. I can also put it into the show notes. Oh, okay. Awesome. Yeah, so that, so that, like, for example, the one that you just shared about the uh, price money, I also put it in the show notes so that the uh, the audience, the oh, listeners can go ha- have a place okay, to go and okay, find okay. the links that we are talking about. Okay. So, so all these... Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, I, sorry, can I... I just want to tell Changs that Changs, I found a, I found an article on The Verge. I think that, that may be the one you're talking about. Uh, the title is Electronic Sports League, which is the actual league, reveals mm-hmm. list of drugs banned from esports. Mm. Uh, this was 2015 actually nope. so they, the league announced plans to implement a drug testing policy um, the, there's a full list of substances that they are prohib- the players are prohibited from using and mm. the league coordinated with the World Anti-Doping Agency in choosing the list which includes some obvious candidates like co- cocaine and steroids <laughs> yeah but also covers Adderall uh, Adderall is this very popular uh, uh, concentration drug. Uh, it's commonly used for uh, treating ADD, you know, the attention deficit and hyperactivity disorder, mm-hmm. and also used by college students who need to mark for exams. Uh, this is like a big problem on college campuses in the US. Like a lot of people take Adderall so they can study all night, you know, uh, to memorize their their material. Wow. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, there apparently this is also on the list. Mm. 
Uh, actually, uh, I found more article. Yeah. For <sighs> there's a competition in where is it? There's a competition organized by FIFA for their esports, and FIFA already introduced drug tests for gamers at E World Cup as prize money and. So what happens over this is that um, hmm? before you get to play the match, yeah. mm-hmm. you have to put your container, uh, controls, controllers down and they'll randomly draw uh, two guys to do urine sample. And they're already doing it right now. Whoa. This year. But you're talking about FIFA, right? FIFA yeah. 18 and FIFA 19. Uh, I have some friends and colleagues are uh, super mm. crazy about it. Eh. I don't know if you play or not. It's a it's not a gaming gaming like it's a console game. Right. Uh, yeah, but people it. are super crazy right now. But like, PS4, right? Yeah. From PS4, yeah. I, I, I think not... all the consoles, are. Xbox and PlayStation. Oh yeah. So. Oh yeah. This multi-platform game. It's the biggest soccer game in the world, and I think Singapore actually has a competitive team. I oh. two guys, yeah, who are very very good at it. They mm. play professionally. So the surprising thing is that people play this professionally. I mean, that's the surprising thing, right? Yeah. Mm. Full time living out of it. So I think you... I learned, so I think, learned that you, a lot of people actually do uh, make a living out of it. So my context is this game called StarCraft. Mm-hmm. And I know that the pros, there, there are lots of... Uh, tournaments online the kind that is streamed on YouTube or on Twitch mm-hmm. and the prize money will be inter- you know, in, ter- in overall terms in terms of traditional sports it's not really that much maybe it's like 5,000 if you win the event but there are a lot of them like in any given week there's some kind of tournament going on oh. so yeah week after week like 52 weeks in a year you, you win a few of them uh, like maybe win one per month and then you know place second or third or something else, uh, you'll be quite okay. You know, you might also have some sponsorship money and uh, when you're streaming your games, you know, your fans can uh, donate money to you as well. So I think a lot of people can get away with uh, playing professionally for quite a long time. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I got a question. So all these are PC games. Uh, I consider them as PC games. Uh, the ones that previously you talked about, like Dota, World of Warcraft. Um, uh, are you all playing on... Because both of you own Macs, right? So, so mm. are you all playing on Mac itself? Uh, or you all have a gaming rig? Like I hear them say, it's like gaming rig, this kind of thing. No, I don't have a gaming rig. <laughs> Cheng, do you have a gaming rig? No, 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 I don't have a gaming, gaming rig. Your gaming rig is your iPhone? Yes, okay. I have been playing uh, mobile games for the longest time and I've only been playing mobile games until recently. Um, what I'm trying to do is to quit mobile, mobile games altogether. So what I did was that uh, I downloaded Steam and my theory was more mobile games are very disrupt- disruptive. So they take up very a lot of pockets of time. It's very hard to concentrate. So to just uh, fix my uh, uh, gaming urge, I say, okay, let's download Steam and download some games and just play, you know, when? Play games in an allocated time rather than, oh. rather than, oh, oh you, you walk on the street, 10 minutes later, uh, half an hour later, you start to take out a game and start playing. 
Hey, maybe maybe mm. she can share more about what's what is Steam and uh, so that the audience will, will have a clearer picture. Yeah, okay, not everybody knows. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so <laughs> Steam is a platform. Uh, I think it's owned by Valve. Um, yeah, and right. what happens is that they they had a problem with users updating their latest patch. So they came up with Steam. So what it does right, is that it's a platform where you can buy uh, games, uh, download your games, and what it, it, the magical thing is it automatically patches your game without you needing to find the patch and upgrade the game. So essentially, uh, what they did was also to build a whole community around it and encourages uh, uh, game publishers to publish their games on Steam and they'll be able to, to, to sell it directly to the, the, the consumers or to gamers. So this is PC and Mac. This is PC and Mac. Uh, when, when, when somebody publishes games, uh, they can choose to publish it only for PC or for Mac. So there might be games only for Mac. No, no, no. There might be games only for PC. There might be games both for both Mac and PC, but you hardly find a game that's only for Mac. Mm. But the games that we talk about, right, like... Uh, like... World of Warcraft, League of Legends, Dota, all these, all these, all these games, they are free, right? So if you download Steam, you have it on a PC, you download and you use, it's free. For Dota, it's free. I'm not too sure about League of Legends. Uh, mm. I just downloaded the Counter-Strike. It cost me 10 bucks. Oh, so you have to pay. Uh, you have to pay, you have to pay. So, very interestingly, uh, what happens uh, in the store, right? So mm-hmm. in, the, in the Steam account, you have your store, you have a library. And what caught my eye right in the store is the price of the games and how they price it specifically. Oh, okay. pricing. Yes, right. So today, my topic is about anchoring. And actually, what is anchoring? Anchoring is a very simple concept which a lot of uh, retailers are using to help you buy stuff better. In their in, in, in their context and in a sense. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. I don't understand. Help you okay. buy stuff so, better. So, better. Uh, tell, tell, for tell, their, tell. For their advantage. Okay, so what it does, right, is that how do you determine whether uh, an unknown product is worth the price? How do you determine the value of it, right? So what, what Google they do... Google for review. Hey, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, I no, think no, everybody yes, would agree yes, that. You can, yeah. But what you're googling actually is the for the quality, but how much, how much is the price? We are irrational. We are not able to determine the price of an object, yeah. right? Unless yeah. you place a bench benchmark, and then with a benchmark, then you can compare whether this is worth it or not. So a lot of restaurants do this. A lot of restaurants do this. How they make you buy a fifty dollars steak. They place a hundred fifty dollars, uh, uh, more expensive quality steak above the one they are trying to sell or the one that is they are pushing for it. So, but then of course you bring the fifty dollars steak and compare to what you can get in a food court. Of course, the pretty fifty dollars steak sound ridiculous, right? But in the restaurant, when you see the price at that point in time, you see, hey, fifty dollars is not so bad. Look, their highest item. The highest uh, pricing item is hundred fifty dollars. Mm. Right? Yeah, yeah. And then you think, oh, it's not not too bad. But what if I tell you that a highest, a highest pricing item on the menu is fifty dollars, and the second highest is thirty dollars? 
would you think fifty dollars is too much at that in at that point in time? You would yeah. think it, you think so, right? So by comparison, and, yes, yeah. by comparison. So what what we do is we always compare because we are not able as humans to determine the the uh, uh, monsteric value of 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 uh, an item. Okay, so what I saw on Steam, right, uh, is that if you go to your store, okay, uh, on Steam, if you guys have Steam, uh, and what happens that when you see, you scroll down to the new and trending and the top selling, <coughs> there will be a list of games that's available to you. Mm-hmm. And always, on the third game, that will be the most expensive game. Oh, really? Yes. Third game. Oh, then the first and second? Game. First and second will be a non-so-expensive game, non-pricing. So, I think the mentality goes as such. Oh, okay, this is the game. Oh, uh, the top game, I think they usually reserve for the, uh, the, the one that they might want to push out uh, uh, or the, the hot seller. Yeah. And then go to the second one, maybe the second hot seller. And then the third one is the most expensive game. And then the rest of it, they already use that third game pricing as a benchmark against the rest of the games already. Interesting. I actually, Chinese. I want to uh say add on to what you're saying. I've heard of the heard of the idea of price anchoring. Mm. Uh, and I totally agree with you on uh, what you mentioned about restaurants. Uh, in fact, to add on to it, you know, even more. Um, I understand that that is why we see you know, the most expensive items appear first in the menu. Yes. Right. So the expensive items are meant to anchor our expectations about the rest of the menu. Yes. Uh, having shown us, you know, most expensive, like blah, 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 some, mm. you know, crazy Alaskan mm. snow crab or, you know, lobster from someplace uh, you know, exotic, then everything else looks much more reasonable by comparison. Yes. Yeah. And that's the same even for like wine lists, which is why you always see, you know, some super expensive wine, blah, 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 blah you know, from like 1980 something. Mm. And all the way at the end, then you see, oh, House red, house white, very sensible. You know, only thirty, mm. you know, uh, fifty dollars, uh, thirty to fifty dollars somewhere in that range. Yeah, and that that makes it look so much more attractive by then. Um, so I, I totally I totally get what you mean. Um, the funny thing though, uh, so maybe you can uh, share what your thoughts are on this about the Steam example because. I don't know, like, as intuitively as a consumer, I feel mm. that if you give it to me third, the expensive thing third, having seen the first and second, you know, the top one and second game, mm. I'll just think, well, the third one's really expensive. And then I don't know if that, how much that really influences how I see, you know, successive games on that list, four, five, six, and so on. Um, actually, I think, I don't, I don't think having, I don't think there is a very huge differences uh, difference uh, placing it the first or the third. Because at the end of the day, when you look at the first two games, especially where if you let's say for example you're pushing a hot seller, maybe uh currently right right now what is showing on my screen is two point hospital, right? What top seller, it's thirty five dollars. And then the second one is overcooked at uh twenty two dollars. So you might thinking, oh, $35 for a game, you know, nowadays, that is a bit uh, on the average or above average price because I think you can get a lot of, a lot of games cheaper than that. Yeah. But then you go to the uh, third pricing, which you see is 122 You think instantly, okay, $35 is not so bad, right? Mm. So I don't think there is a huge difference. 
as long as it's in the top column where you are able to see it in the first glance, I think that should do the trick. So that is my personal opinion. Uh, but let's say, for example, you want to have a, you want to have a, a clear indication of price anchoring, go to BruteWorks website, right? Download their online menu, which is the same as their, their physical menu, and you, you will notice that for the mains uh, and for a lot of other categories, the first item is always the most expensive. So when you say brew, you mean brew works that brew Singapore. Singapore. Yes, 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 yes. Right. So for the mains, this forty dollars rack of lamb. Everything else falls below thirty five. Ah. Yeah. So the interesting thing, I think I I quite align with uh, Willin. That is uh, for a restaurant, they have the highest price comes first. Mm. Then for you to anchor it, then mm. slowly as it comes mm. down, the price becomes cheaper. But mm. for the game one, that uh, the Steam account that you have, mm. when you go to top selling in their store, mm. uh, the, appropriate, uh, the average price comes first. Then as it goes down, the hierarchy become more expensive. Is it? Is it oh, no, 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 no. It's not you say. It's only the third one oh, that is the, the most, expensive. most expensive. Yes. Oh. The the rest the rest is fifty dollars and below. Uh, interesting this one. So, I actually navigated already to the um, Brewworks website and then you know searched out their PDF menus. Mm. Um, and yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, okay, I'm not looking exactly from the top because it starts off with appetizers, which are anyway they're a little all over yeah, the place. We, we will always go to main first. Correct, right. So the moment, the first section that actually shows the pattern that you're talking about is the burgers and sandwiches. Yeah. So the, the first burger is most, most expensive, which is their Wagyu burger. And then it really just goes downwards from there. It goes like 28 to 24, 24, 24, then 22, yeah. then 21. Right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, totally. I exactly understand what you're talking about. So actually the point being right is that companies are able to uh, use this strategy because humans by nature have no way or are unable or very lousy at uh, determining, determining the price or the value or how much we should pay for a product. Yeah. So something yeah. like we need a reference point. You always right. need a reference point. Uh, yes, right. Yeah. And then something very interesting. If you see uh, the, the price on uh, Steam, a, a lot of them ends with 99 cents or 90 cents or 80 cents. Mm. So, what it does, right, this effect is called the uh, charm price effect. Okay. Again, sorry? Charm okay. price, C-H-A-R-M. Oh, okay. Okay. Charm, charm price. Charm price. Okay. Right. So, what happens, right, is that as long as you price the item very close yeah. to a whole number, yeah. we, will always, we will always think that, oh, it's actually quite worth it to buy this item because uh, it's lower than a round number. Uh, does that make sense? Yeah, actually, Apple no, loves to totally do this. Makes eh? sense. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it feels like, uh, uh, to me, so I always thought that this feels like uh, it wasn't just uh, at a meeting, people just thought of a price and thought like, you know, we'll price it at 1800 or 1008 And then that's just how it comes about. No, <laughs> when, when the price is so awk, awkward like that, it feels yes. like a much more like 
like like it was uh, something that came out of a uh, machine, right? It's like a very objective price level, like you know, mm. thousand six hundred twenty-seven, and it feels like, oh yeah, that sounds okay. You know, it doesn't feel like somebody's trying to um, to cheat me. You know, they're trying to maximize my how much I pay. It feels much more like it's uh, just something that a you know, based on the pricing. You know, rules rule set that they came up with, mm. so I don't feel so bad about paying it somehow. I I I understand what you're talking about, Chang. Mm. So yeah. there's been scientific studies, right, that prices ending with nine would cause people to buy stuff that usually wouldn't buy. So apparently, these prices sends an unconscious message that something is already being discounted, even when it hasn't been discounted. So mm. we think that oh, this is more valuable. Uh, not more valuable. This 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 has been discounted. Maybe usually they would say at forty instead of thirty nine. So we we always have this, uh, sense of uh, uh, how should I call it? Sense of uh, so this is what we usually tell ourselves. Uh. So bye 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 consumerism. <laughs> so but yes, uh, I do agree that like the you mentioned right, like prices ending with nine does make things more attractive. And also the one that we didn't talk about, the like uh one six two seven, makes it. Uh, it's like this, <laughs> you this... remember exactly the number. <laughs> I, I remember, yeah, because because it, it actually allows a. This only shows one thing. I am uh, listening to this podcast at the same time because I'm learning something from it. Uh, yes, thank you. Yeah. Oh, uh, thank you. Brian, well, you're really good at this, huh? Yeah. professionally trained. No, <laughs> but seriously, one six two seven, right? Give me an impression like uh. You know, uh, they are marking up from a margin, but they are not ridiculously doing it. The kind of feeling, uh. yeah, yeah, I yeah. know, right? Yeah, yeah. feel feel uh, feels like something of you know fair, Truth, fair, yes, fair, right? Yeah, that's the word. You know, I, I know it's irrational, but it just feels that way. You know, Apple is uh, uh, a company who applies this uh, uh, theory or uh, to apply this 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 uh strategy to all their products. Mm. Oh all yes. their products. All their products. Their donger mm. is thirteen dollars. Makes you feel happy. <laughs> their small little donger that allows you to connect to your three point five mm headphone jack is thirteen dollars. Oh uh, it should be thirteen now. Even if you see okay. the, the latest iPhone prices, okay. it yeah. all it, it all ends with nine. Mm. Right, right, right. So, so Yes. This is something that I guess all of us can use in our in our pricing, right? I yeah. mean, majority of our listeners probably entrepreneurs who are trying to sort out pricing for their products or services. Um, they're you know probably uh, thinking, of, well, what's the best way? You know, why do I get so many complaints? Or why do people uh, often have, exhibit you know some reluctance or some skepticism of the price? And this will be something that they can actually make use of uh, to. Uh, you know, overcome resistance or to uh, give a sense of the that the price is more fair or mm-hmm. more attractive, right? Mm-hmm. To mm-hmm. price attractively. Mm-hmm. It's not just a case of lowering the price. You can lower the price, but people still think it's it looks weird or they don't like they don't they don't feel that it's natural. So maybe they could go from like uh thousand two hundred to one zero nine nine and that would uh, be more attractive. Actually right? in Actually, if you do it the other way, playing with uh, price psychology doesn't mean like what we say. You have to lower the price. What you can actually do is actually also increase your price instead of selling one two one 
1,000 to actually you sell it 1,299 you have the same effect as selling it for 1,199 what was 1,627 will they buy? <laughs> uh, you, are, you, you actually want to price it right? okay 1,627 think about this think about this you tell yourself honestly you think about this let your emotional and let your emotions feel what you want to buy 1,627 or feel which number is more comfortable 1,627 or 1,629 which one is more comfortable to you? I don't know, three of the numbers are the same. <laughs> <laughs> but, but for example, you could have at least used something, you know, with a little more variety. <laughs> no, no, but, but honestly, uh, there was, a, actually there was a experiment One, four, done. Eight, uh. One, two, four, uh, there was an experiment done uh, for a online women's clothing store. Uh, I'll be, I think I'll be able to find which store did the experiment. But, uh, so what they got right is that <coughs> oh I remember they are they what they what they do is they sell clothes by catalogs, you know? Mm-hmm. Catalogs old school, they send out catalogs and then there's a price and then you order through mail. I think this was done quite some time ago. So what happens was that they sell the same item at three different price range. Okay? One is priced wow. at thirty four, one is priced at thirty nine, and one is priced at forty four. For the same item. And they mm. just print out different categories, uh, catalogs, and uh, they send out the catalogs. So numbers sold were for these three different prices, right? Listen, mm. 34, they sold 16. 44, they sold 17. 39, they sold 21. Oh. So it doesn't matter how... Because you know your cost, right? right. You know your cost for, for your goods, uh, for the services that you're, 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 you're selling. But the consumers, they do not know how to calculate the cost or the value of this product. It, it goes back to the same, right? That uh, we, or at the point of purchase, we do not have a reference point to, to making a decision. That's why sometimes we make irrational decisions. Yeah, I think, I think <laughs> what I think is we all make uh, irrational decisions uh, on purchase most of the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I, I just want to uh, put this because uh, we don't want to stretch this uh, episode too, uh, too long. But what I have learned, so interestingly, is the gaming, uh, explosive market, right? Especially in the world of esports. Then we also look at uh, the pricing in terms, of the, we learned this from Cheng, from the uh, Steam and also, we have one magical number that we open up to all listeners that they might, might want to buy for 40. And that's 1627. 1627 <laughs> might be the number one number today. So, <laughs> we, we don't want to waste uh, our co-host uh, too much time. Uh, uh, but before we, we leave this show, I, I, I want to do... Uh, where can audience find more about you, really? Uh find more about me share your twitter handle or a site oh okay sure um i will get a notification if you tweet to me at ngweilin that's n-g-w-e-i-l-e-e-n ngweilin cheng how about you you don't have a twitter cheng facebook oh he dropped off from the call (laughs) Oh, well, he really seems to be gone. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. 
So you can, you can, it's okay, but you can find Launch Bike from launchbike.com uh, and Launch by Twitter at L-U-N-C-H-B-Y-T-E and all the various social media. So we call this a successful pilot episode. We try with a talk show format. Thank you everyone for listening and bye-bye. Bye-bye.